Alright, welcome back to my podcast, What Do I Know? Uh, so this episode is going to be a little different. Uh, I'm, I'm talking more about the idea of communication and how to communicate with people and the problem that I've been having with communicating with certain people now. Now, I'm not saying that the, I'm not able com- to communicate and they're not able to communicate either, but it's more so the idea of formulated conversations and what I've gotten used to and what other people have gotten used to when they have conversations. So, for instance, one of the main problems that I'm having is when I'm texting random people. Now, this is before I was talking to the person that I'm with now, right, that I'm currently with, but before when I used to text other females, it was basically the same formulated conversations almost every single time. You know, you, you say something, they say LMFAO, or, you know, they think you're funny, obviously, because, you know, they were because they, they keep on engaging within the conversation and they're willing to put in more to the conversation because they add on eventually. But the problem is that they don't know anything else because they're so, they're so used to what other people usually say. And that's what I think is the most important part of communication. I believe that if you're not able to expand it as well, especially the idea of comprehension, and if you're not understanding what I'm saying, then you're just going to give me any formulated response, and that's what the initial problem is, because I'm saying things that, you know, I know obviously other people aren't saying, because it's just coming straight off the dome. Then they give me something that I hear all the time, it's the same response that I get back if I was to do something that I copied from somebody else. Now, when I speak, I believe that, you know, there's a, there's somewhat of a flow to it. I respond very fast. And sometimes if I have to think of things on the spot, it takes me a little while to type it out. And then, you know, I'll just, I'm not even going to lie. I even hold the text button, and I just, like, type out some random stuff, waiting until something comes to my mind. Same thing, like, and it's the same thing, basically, even when I'm talking to people in person. But what I do for that is that I, I, can, I use a nice break card to talk about myself, I tell about something that's somewhat personal and kind of embarrassing, but to the point of where they're like, wow, like that's actually kind of interesting. And the fact that I'm able to speak about it makes them more comfortable to speak with me and open up on certain things. So one of the main things I usually speak about, right, when I'm getting to know someone in person is my surgery. Now, I a couple people who, if you know me personally, maybe actually not even if you know me personally, if you just met me we've had a conversation for a little while, you will probably know that I have had two testicular torsions. Now, my two testicular torsions, one happened in seventh grade, one happened in eighth grade. This is the story of how my testicles twisted together and I lost blood flow within them and it kind of risked, risked me having, um, risked the ability of me having children. So I use this a lot because it's somewhat of a personal story and it's somewhat embarrassing, but people are so engaged with it because they want to know what exactly happened and how that works, that they lean in to learn more. And now because they want to know more about me and more about my life, they begin to open up themselves. So that's the first step right there. Now, when you're talking over the phone, right, to someone, you're texting, you have a little more time. You can, especially when you're on Snapchat or any other kind of messages, where you can swipe in and just kind of, like, preview what they're saying before. You can analyze the text and think about what you're going to say before what happens. 
Now, if you think about, like, what I'm doing on this podcast, I don't edit it because I hate the sound of my own voice. This is completely raw. It's basically what I'm saying. All you just do is just talk and talk and talk. Now, when I'm having a conversation with someone, right, the thing that I've noticed about the girl that I'm with is that she doesn't go to those formulated conversations, and that's how I knew there was some there was something really honestly sparked over there, because when I said a joke, she she came back with another joke, or when I had sarcasm, she understood the sarcasm, and she was able to bring it back with something even more. It's one basically piling on to one another, and you're helping each other out. That's the kind of conversation that not you have to have. Not okay. Now I'm gonna do a little push. And then they just wait, and then they, they they just wait for you to push again, and they and they admire um the push that you gave. That's not what you want. You want someone who's going to push back, and is able to help build on to the, to the conversation. So like even with my friends, my friend Michael, one of my my friend Michael, he um we ran together for the presidency. We went to Ireland together. We became roommates, and I realized that I chose the right person to be to be basically like my partner in crime essentially because me and him do all this stuff in school together, all those different things. When I say a joke, he understands it. He he is, allows himself to diversify himself, know what, he, what I'm talking about, and he's willing to figure out what I'm talking about. So when I'm talking to him about it, he's just not lost in a day trying to figure it out. And that's the most important part of communication. Also, the willing you have to have, be willing to learn on on the way there. So, back to the problem that I feel like a lot of teens have nowadays is that we're so used to these conversations of which, you know, oh, how, how's it going? How's life going? You know, life is okay, you know, starting work soon, you know, school sucks. And then you ask how school's, like, why does school suck? And they give you all teachers are knowing or homework or studying, all these different things. But nothing's actually, like, it, nothing's actually going into detail. If people are asking you about things, they usually want to have a direct answer. The only reason why they're saying that sometimes is because, or they're, saying those, they're not asking those initial questions is because they have to use something else to get into a deeper conversation with you. But if you start off initially with a deep conversation and you actually go into depth with them, then the conversation expands and you don't have to work so hard to hold the conversation instead of holding the conversation for two people. You just play your part, and that would, that's what makes it, um, the conversation a lot better. Now, I do some open discussions with my friends, and, you know, we, we talk about ideas of communication. We also took, all of us took a speech communication class back in freshman year. So one of the things that we focused on was making sure that our what we're speaking about is clear and that you're not overemphasizing anything that you're saying so people know what you're talking about but it's also not like you're speaking to them as if they're an idiot so you're not saying hey yeah my teacher sucks because they're doing bad things or any any kind of nonsense like that you just say specifically hey oh well might you give them the instance rather than the reason why you feel like it's annoying do you understand what i mean so rather than so i would say Okay, well, my teacher gave me a homework clinic, even though this, 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 that, and the third, rather than saying, "Oh, my teacher's being a beanie about my homework," that's no description. I can't. How am I supposed to respond to that? There's nothing for me to respond to. Now, if you give me a detailed message, I can actually respond with a 
a well thought out answer or response and that's how you learn how to communicate more also you have to be able to hold multiple conversations at once and I know this is very hard because one of my friends who we assume to be on the podcast cannot hold multiple conversations at the same time I myself can hold multiple conversations most I've done even when texting people is like five or six people at a time and this is just like friends all other conversations and then but that's not the thing about holding the conversation it's also remembering small details you have to use like small maneuvers so you remember like their favorite color you know their favorite color and they say they have five siblings and say for instance they have and then you just use a color that has five that has five letters you use that and you have a slight, slightly of a correlation or you remember their eye color you remember small things about them that help connect that's that's just a way of life that's what i use in my everyday life whenever i'm talking to anyone i repeat some of the things that they say i, I start to get it like, drilled into my head and that's once that's when you start to expand on like your horizon and all certain aspects of communication now also i think well one of the main things that you have a problem with is also how you convey your message now this is very um important to me because it helped in my presidential speech so when i was running for president we uh all of the presidents all the pres all the candidates had to make a speech which they had to present to all of the junior the junior class now there was three guys who were running. This is for the primary election. So it was myself, one other kid, and another kid, right? I was friends with the both of them. But one of them, he obviously, he was able to persuade. He was able to say some things that kind of got guys involved. And, you know, they felt a little somewhat inspired. Now, the other guy did it. He was very factual. He just, like, said things that he wanted to get done, done for the school, things he already knew that he can get done for the school. And it was clear, it was clear cut. And with mine, I made sure that I told the guys what, what could actually really be, what could really happen in, in the school, what I had planned, but also inspired them and I showed the idea of brotherhood. Now that's what you want, that's, that, I think that's the best way when you want to convey to someone, you have to know your audience as well. Because when you're talking to a bunch of teenagers, yes, obviously you have to go for the popular kids, but you also have to acknowledge those who aren't the most popular, those who feel like they need to be, who need attention. And obviously, if you know that there are a few amount of guys who have all this attention, but if you're in a big group, then obviously those kids feel like they're lacking attention. So then those are the people that you really want to direct your message to because it's the majority that wins, essentially. It's not saying, oh, okay, well, he's popular, so his vote counts twice as much. No, he has twice as much outreach, maybe, as the, uh, as, the, uh, as the kids who don't have as much attention as, as him. But he doesn't, his vote doesn't mean twice as much. So what my strategy was, I started talking to the kids who were at the top of the rank. But I also talked to kids, well, I don't want to say top of the rank, but that's when you had more popularity within the school. Now, uh, now, then I also talk to kids who are a little bit more quiet, those, those kids that no one really speaks to, that they keep to themselves, they have two or three friends, but I became friends with them, and I made sure that they knew that I wasn't becoming friends with them just because of that, um, I was running for president, but also because, you know, it, it's just important to do, it's important, like, you know, make them feel welcome in the school, because I can't stress the idea of brotherhood without actually trying to be their brother. So open communication is what's most, I, I feel like, is most important. And you have to be willing to communicate with others, even if you don't think that they want to communicate with you.
So, back to back to the speeches. Now, when I when I um, talked to my when I said my speech, I made sure that I walked around. I made sure I walked around, used hand gestures, made sure I had facial expressions, made sure that I made the guys feel. You know, it wasn't just me saying like reading on an essay or anything like that. It was something that I actually felt. I looked away from the paper. I had it memorized so that they knew that I was. It wasn't just form related. It was just something that, that came out of the heart, rather than off of the dome. So when they when they felt when they see that and they, they hear it, they're like, "Wait a second, okay." Now this guy is actually trying to give give a certain message to me that I can actually appreciate. But also, it depends on the way you're conveying the message as well. Because if I don't have heart when I, when I speak, then it doesn't mean anything. Because imagine if a computer was reading that to you, reading on my speech, talking about brotherhood. You're not going to get any emotion from that. You're not going to feel the cracks in the voice. You're not going to hear any of those things. That the shakiness of the voice. That's what you really want to hear. Now, the problem with that is also the choice of words. Because if you speak to people as if you're better than them or you speak to them as if they're stupid, because necessarily saying someone talking to someone as if they're stupid doesn't mean you think that they're better than that you're that better than them. Now, that was a problem with one of the one of the people's speeches that we had during the presidency. Now personally I didn't have a problem with it. But other guys did because the way it comes off is that it seems somewhat condescending. Now, I didn't believe that it was Sunday. It sounded condescending. I believed that it was actually one a, a great speech. And I would have even used it for mine because of how great it was. But when people see the way that you um, behave yourself before, they know the way that you speak and the way that you speak to people before, and then they correlate it to what you're actually saying now, Sometimes it may not add up or they're just not able to feel what you're actually trying to feel or what it was hard for you to convey in your original point of when you were trying to talk to them in the first place. Now with the other person, he was uh, more so, well, I'm not going to single him out. But the thing about it is that when they had to present their speech, obviously, yes, it did have some idea of heartfeltness, but it was empty promises. It was. It, I don't want to say it was all talk because I'm. I haven't. Not all of my things are completed, obviously. But guaranteeing people these certain things, but having no actual, no like actually knowing what's going on in the school, no guarantee of what you can actually do. That's where you basically lose people's trust. Trust. And that and that's a very dangerous game to play. So I believe. Really, so. Carrying on. Um, I feel like when you also when you speak about the idea of you know what is a good what is a good conversation, I feel like a good conversation is something where it's not that you want you're desiring to talk to that person, and when you talk to that person, you feel like you've actually gained something from it because there are people that I I, I talk to and I feel like I genuinely have just wasted minutes and somewhat sometimes even hours of my time. But I have, but then there are also times where I speak to my friends for 15 minutes and I feel like it's the greatest conversation in my life. Even three minutes of talking to my friends because we say things with purpose and we say things that are actually meaningful and things that come from the heart. And if you're not saying things that come from the heart, then it's basically just nonsense and there's no reason for you to say it at all. You might as well just save your breath. So, uh, that, that's basically it. 
it has been 15 minutes now, and I don't even know why I'm sp- speaking about this, about communication, when I'm being talking on this by myself. But, but, I'll come back with a new episode. Hopefully, my guest, uh, Samar Skillings, will finally be there. Uh, we're both actually at work right now, so I'll see you on my next episode of What Do I Know?